Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, October the 12th, and this is episode number 168. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Well, things are going better, Rod. We're, we're hanging in there. That's good. That's good. Glad <laughs> to hear that. Um, maybe we'll go into more detail later, but if not, if not, we're good. <laughs> well, you know, it's just another in a long list of uh, issues that I've had this year. And, you know, now it's my back and geez, who knows what it'll be next. But we just keep plunging forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you can do, Jeff. Just just That's keep right. plodding away. Yeah. Keep on moving. Um, joining us today is my is my friend and neighbor, almost neighbor. Um, we'll just say you're my neighbor. Uh, Bill Petrello. Bill, how are things going? Very well, Rod. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Um, I've got no complaints. My, uh, you know, I've I've been through little tiny things, nothing like Jeff this year. But you know what? I yeah. feel probably as good as I've felt in a long time. So I'm not going to complain about anything. I agree. I know yeah. we got our health, and as we get older, that starts to deteriorate. Just you know, we go to bed feeling great. We wake up. How did I sprain my ankle sleeping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, you, you spend half the day trying to figure out what you did the day before to, to hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you never come up with an answer. So, no. so, so, Bill, I didn't produce, I, I introduced you the way I wanted to introduce you, but everybody can follow you at Petra Rock 44. And you are a contributor for uh, Neo Sports Insiders. Um, follow them at uh, NEO Sports Inside. And everybody can catch your stuff there. And um, if they're not reading your articles, they should be because you're putting out some really good stuff. And um, that you're putting out um, not only uh, baseball stuff, um, which which I haven't written much baseball stuff in a long time. So I I love reading your baseball articles. Um, You've been putting out some soccer articles and some other stuff. So it's um, really cool. Just want to tell you. that I enjoyed that, and um, you're doing a great job. Thank you. I've been blessed, and I've been really lucky with this, and uh, uh, it's given me an opportunity to do something that I was never really good at, which was writing. And someone once – I had a professor at uh, at Miami who said, the only way you're going to get better at writing is to write. And so you know, here I am, 56 years old, going on 57, and I thought, eh, I think I'll take his advice now 30-some-odd years later. But it's been it's been great, you know. It's um, as you know too, Rod, because your writing is really good, and the other people that we kind of follow each other um, a lot, and we, we get to read each other's stuff. You, you find a voice after a certain number of articles. You, know, you find a style mm-hmm. and a voice, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I'm starting to do is to find a voice and the style. And I'm I'm realizing that I keep trying something new every time I'm writing something. So it's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's it's a great. It's been a great opportunity for me to look at something as I get older um, that I may be wanting to do in a more regular basis. Yeah, and that, that professor was absolutely right. And, and that's not only true for writing, it's true for just about anything. Yeah. If you absolutely. want to get better at anything, you have, you have to do it. So, so yeah, but um, excellent. Excellent. So uh, let, let's, um, let's talk about what we're drinking. Bill. You're the guest. You get to you get to go first. Well, thank you. So I decided to go a little bit stronger than just uh, beer today. I know the last time we were on, 
uh, you guys were kind of under the weather, so you were drinking water. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I am drinking uh, the Woodford Reserve Green Label. Uh, I figure if we're going to be talking about bronze, I'm going to need a lot of this. So I've got about three quarters of a bottle here. I've already downed one cup. So we may be, uh, if we start talking more about the defense and uh, Mr. Woods, I may be drinking a lot more of that. Okay. Duly noted, Bill has a bottle in front of him. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> guys, I'm drinking a, uh, a Founders Big Luscious, which is a, um, what do they call this? Um, stout brewed with uh, chocolate and raspberries. So, uh, wow. It, it's not. It doesn't really taste like a stout. It's um. It's a little bit lighter than that, but um. It's very good. It's got uh, oh. definitely got the definitely taste the the chocolate, uh, you know, along with the raspberry flavor in it. So, so it's good. And uh, you know, I might be pushing the the winter thing a little bit, but <laughs> it's definitely for you know something this time of year. Even though I think we hit seventy today. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the uh, first thing I grabbed. So so um. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Jeff, hope you're hope you're enjoying your. I assume are you drinking water or lemonade tonight? Uh, it's I'm just going with basic water tonight. Yeah, um, that's about as exciting as it gets around here. Well, that's <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. I, I, I miss participating in this segment, but I don't know if I'll be doing it anytime soon. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, maybe uh um maybe someday or maybe we can put you on some kind of research assignment you know where you can just like talk about a beer or something (laughs) (laughs) without actually trying throw me a bone jeez or uh or talk about famous beers you've tried in the past or something like that (laughs) or we can just keep doing what we're doing you know that's nothing wrong with that there you go So, uh, so, anyways, guys, the Browns played a uh, another football game last Sunday. Uh, played the Chargers, and this is one of those games before the season that you know I'm not going to start out with excuses, okay? Because the Browns had opportunities to win this game, and I feel like they should have won this game. But this is one of those games at the beginning of the season or before the beginning of the season when the schedule came out that you saw this game on the schedule and you're like, eh, you know, I don't know about that one. We can't really count that one as a win. Let's, let's see what happens. So this, this was not one of the, one of the games that you, that you really figured was going to be a win, but as it turned out, you know, it, it's, it's a game. It was a game like pretty much all the other games. Um, Browns Browns lose by two points, thirty to twenty-eight. Uh, they play well, uh, especially in offense. You know, most of the game, um, and just just miss some chances late in this game that that, that could have won it for them. So um, I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. I'm going to kick it over to you guys and and get your get your initial takeaways from that game, uh, Bill. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, thank you. And I was I was actually going to bring that same thing up. You know, when we when we knew we were going to be going with Jacoby at the start, I think we all agreed that this game was probably not going to be a game that we were going to win because we were not going to get into a throwing match. 
with Herbert. And so I agree with you. You know, we I looked at it probably thinking, well, we'll probably lose this one. Let's just see how the defense does, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that, and you guys mentioned this last week, um, we've been in every game. I mean, we could literally be 5-0. and I mean, that's the other crazy thing. For as bad as we played, we could be 5-0. and 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 I know, Rod, you're like – you're like one of the most positive persons. I was texting with Rod during this game and I was getting so frustrated. And, and, and Jeff, your brother is so positive. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you be so positive? He's adopted, Bill. <laughs> I don't know where I don't. Yeah. I, I can't explain. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here pulling my hair out and then Rod's like, well, you know, take it, you know, there, there's a lot of positives and he's right. There are some positives. And so, you know, here's a couple things. Nick Chubb has been just the workhorse all year for us. Um, and I still am, I, I can't wrap my head around why Stefanski doesn't use him in the fourth quarter, why he sits on the bench for most of the plays and Hunt is in there by himself. That's like me, if I were, if I were to be coaching the Lakers and in the last two minutes of a game, I go, Hey, LeBron, you sit down. You just stay sitting down. Okay. We're, we're going to win this without you. I mean, that's that's the feeling that I get like that. He's your best player. You can't come up with 16 plays for Hunt and Chubb to be in at the same time. I mean, that's one thing I really, you know, I know we did that. I think there were three plays that we had both of them in the backfield. Um, Mm. And and I think it was three. It might have been more. I was trying to count as I was watching the game. Um, But there were some there were some positives. I mean, I I don't know where we'd be without Jadavian Clowney. Uh, he's he's just been one of the most important people on that defensive line, you know, and, and I have to say maybe even more so than um, Garrett, but Garrett does a lot of other things and he takes up a lot of other, you know, offensive players to, to deal with. Um, and I, I thought Martin Emerson needs to have more playing time. I, I just think that he has reactions that as a rookie, he needs to see more of the field. And if, and if word is not going to be in there, I, I really liked the way he came in and um, really kind of made some big impact impact plays late in the game. Um, and then Greg Newsom has just been, you know, he just as impresses me. I mean, that rundown to say, I mean, that saved a touchdown. They had to, they had to kick a field goal off of that. Um, and it was all because Newsom was able to track him down and, and get him down before he crossed the goal line. I mean, that was four, that was, that saved four points. I mean, mm-hmm. those are plays that I look at and say, you know, yeah, yeah. Joke um, Jeff, uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, give it to you for your takeaways, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna go back and have a discussion about Nick Chubb. Go for it. Afterwards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me just throw this out out there. Okay. Um, Justin Herbert's line on on the game was uh, he was twenty two of thirty four for two hundred twenty eight yards. Jacoby Brissett was twenty one of thirty four for two hundred thirty yards. Um, if I told you before that, that game that Jacoby Brissett would basically have, I mean, throw out the, the, the end of the game interception, okay, but basically have the same stats as Justin Herbert in this game, what would you have thought? You thought we probably won, right? Um, yeah, look at the no game doubt. stats. I mean, the, the game stats are almost identical. Uh, mm-hmm. From you know thirty plays on each side, all the way down to the yards per play, they they average six point seven. We average six point eight. The one thing that that 
they didn't do was turn the ball over. Okay. But I really kind of felt like, again, that, 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 you know, that final turnover, um, was inconsequential like I have in the past, you know, it's just, it, it didn't really make or break the outcome of the game. Um, that was due to other factors, um, that we just couldn't convert on. Like you said, right. We had, we had plenty of chances to be up in this game and, you know, in a toss up game like that, you know, like you said, we didn't really expect to, to, you know, be super competitive in this game before the season even started, uh, based on what the chargers have done to us in the past. But the Browns played really well for the most part. Um, the offense looked just, I mean, clean, crisp. Those first two drives um, were just so well executed, uh, you know, to put us up 14 nothing. You felt like, wow, you know, maybe everything's going to finally click. Um, and on the offensive yeah. side, for the most part, it did. Just still hasn't clicked on the defensive side. And I think that's really where we lost um, – we lost the opportunities to, to kind of put the Chargers away early. Yeah, I mean, um, I th- they, they lost it by giving up, um, by letting the Chargers run the football. I mean, that's what it comes down to because they were pretty effective, again, like you said, against Herbert with the pass. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they held him the way they needed to, but they gave up. I, you know, I don't have all those numbers in front of me, but, you know, um, I don't, or do I? Um, they, you know, I think they gave up uh, close to 200 yards rushing again, you know, and when you do that, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a long day. So, yeah, I mean, they uh, outrushed us 238 to 213. Um, yeah. And, and some of those were just really long plays because yeah, we lost were. contain and, and we just, you know, we just let them gash us, you know, but. But all in all, I mean, offensively, um, you know, I, I thought we were smooth. Defensively, there were some, some third down and that fourth down stop that Bill mentioned by, by Emerson, uh, where, the, where the defense stepped up. It's just that, man, that's those inside runs that you really didn't expect to see from the Chargers. I mean, they were the worst rushing team in the league coming into this game. And, and you know, obviously they watched, they watched the tape on us. You know, look at look at who's not playing, and look at you know what the middle of our um, defense looks like. That's our vulnerability, you know, and and they they exploited it for sure. Yeah, we, we as other teams will. Go, go ahead, Bill. As other teams will too. I mean, I think Stefanski course. said it in his in his uh, uh, press conference what on Tuesday. He said, you know, we we've got to figure out a way to stop this because if we don't, other teams are just going to see the success. That they're having, that other teams are having against us, and they're going to keep doing it. And uh, yep. it's 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 kind of mind-boggling, but um, it is what it is right now. It's 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 what it's what the defense got to figure out. Yeah, I mean, you just see our D tackles getting pushed five yards back, and and our you know they're they're basically landing in our linebackers' laps. <laughs> I mean, I can yeah. run through that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting beat at with first, my back and out. then. <laughs> and then eventually guys are just messing tackles and they're just worn out and yeah, it just got, it just got worse and worse. So, so guys, let's go back to Nick Chubb now because I, I just need to have a discussion on this because um, I understand what Bill's saying. And, and when you watch the game, I agree. Okay. That, that you want to have Nick Chubb out there in the fourth quarter 
Nick Chubb's numbers in the fourth quarter are uh, are ridiculous. He he gets even better in the fourth quarter in games historically. But here here's the thing. Um, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, um, Nick Chubb carried the ball 17 times, 134 yards, um, average 7.9 a carry, scored the two touchdowns. Um, he, he's averaging 19.6 carries per game, which puts him on pace for 333 carries for the season. Um, he's also on pace for about for just over 2,000 yards this season. I think it's like 2,050. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. So, so I look at this and and I understand that the desire and the need to to want him out there in the fourth quarter, but I think there's also a desire and a need to to manage his carries because Nick Chubb is not a guy you want to to use up this season. Okay, you want this guy to be here for a long time too. So it's, I mean, he's 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 the Ferrari in the garage, you know. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your impressions on, you know, how you how you kind of manage this because I, I I want this guy. I don't want this guy's career to be done in two years because he gets 750 carries over the next two seasons. And guys are <laughs> right. not guys are not built. To do that, okay, because okay, maybe the Browns don't make the playoffs this year. But if Nick Chubb gets 350 carries next season, and then the Browns play through, two, you know, I, are doing well, and they play two or three playoff games, <laughs> suddenly you're up over, you know, up around 400 carries. I mean, yeah. that that's a lot, even for Nick Chubb. That's a lot of wear and tear. It is. It's a lot of wear and tear. It's going to cut his career short. So. So how do you best use him? And I feel like the Browns are being very conscious of how they are using him. The last three games, I, I believe they've gone from uh, 23 carries to 19 to 17. Correct. Which has, which has put him um, back under 20 carries per, um, you know, per, per game, which I feel like they want to keep him around 20 carries. Um, you know, they'll use him a little more if they have to. Uh, but... But they've been using him about the same each game, and they're using Kareem for you know about ten carries a game. So they're staying pretty consistent, um, ten for uh, Kareem and twenty for for Nick. Um, maybe that changes when when uh, Sean Watson uh, plays. I would think it would change at least a little bit. But I, I'm going to kick this to you guys and get your points on, on how you see this thing because. You're trying to to mesh winning games and using your stud with with um, with not burning him out and running him into the ground because you're not building you're not you're not looking at winning just this year with this team, you know. Right. And if if you win this year, you know, um, True, we don't right. know how it's going to go this year. So. Um, you know th- this Browns team we like to think is is going to be built to to compete over the next several several seasons. Right. So you you want Nick around. So so Jeff, um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think you know the answer to that is when you're going to see more Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter is when this team can um, get out to a lead and sustain that into the fourth quarter. 
um, because that's natural time to to run the ball and and kill clock and just not give teams more offensive possessions. Um, I th- I think we just the, the nature of the league and and where these games have all been this year, they've just been so close. You know that that in the fourth quarter in those those last couple of possessions, um, we're, we're almost forced to throw the ball more. Uh, it's just uh, you know have Nick Chubb out there in the fourth quarter, but you know I, I agree that you know twenty carries has to kind of be the cap. I mean if he's if we're working him much harder than that, um, we're probably wearing him down over time. You know, mm-hmm. um, so so yeah. I, I mean I, I think. I think Stefanski's done a pretty good job of balancing run versus pass. Um, considering, you know, where we are with the quarterback and, and the young receiving core and so forth, uh, our, our passing game has been pretty effective, and that's given us opportunities to, to run the ball well. Um, I, I think, you know, it's sort of natural to, to see something that's working and say, you know, we should do that more. Um but I think you're right, Rod. You know, you have to you have to cap that at some point and say, you know, we just we can't go Derrick Henry here and and you know wear the guy out. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Bill? Okay, so for a while we had five running backs, right? If you look at the the runs the past what three games, it's been Jacoby Brissett, Hunt, and Chubb. So has Felton and even Dearness Johnson have gotten any touches, have been in any place. Now, they may have been in like one or two or something like that. So if if this team is going to carry, and I know that Jerome Ford is on the injured reserve, so I get that. But remember, there was that time we had five running backs. We're, like, We're going to go with five running backs? I mean, what, you know, yeah. what's, what's that? So if we've got the running backs, why are we sitting with Felton and Dearness? Why, why aren't we giving them more of an opportunity? You know, if you want to – if you want to give – And I understand if you want to give Chubb some breaks, um, whether it's a series, whether it's just a set of maybe two downs, like second and third down or first and second down, I I get all that. I really do. And and to sit there in the block, too, there's a lot of effort that has to go into that. I I get all that. But if it and, and I agree, Jeff, that the fact that the passing game has been. I think each week, I think Brissett's starting to be more comfortable, not only with Cooper, but you saw that the three straight passes that he had to Njoku, my gosh, Njoku now is what, one TD away from being the second all-time tight end for the Browns? I mean, that's crazy. And so yeah. you, you look at but you look at those three targets, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cooper, and um, Njoku. And you notice Harrison Bryant hasn't been hasn't seen as much as he has in the past. But I I, I just see the passing game improving to a, a, a really good spot. Now it's going to be a matter of how can we go ahead and incorporate maybe the other backs in so that we can give him an occasional rest. I would like to see him more in the later stages of the fourth quarter. I would. So how do you go about doing that? I think you see it. I, I think you see how the Browns are doing it kind of with Miles Garrett, too. So at the end of the first quarter, you'll notice that he's not in for any of those plays. It's like they give him that whole commercial break from the first quarter to the second quarter and then the plays leading up to it. That's a pretty good break for for Miles. And I think they're kind of doing the same thing with with Chubb that same that same way. 
but I, I think the bottom line is, and I, and I agree, and I know, they're still, as crazy as this sounds, they're still in this AFC North picture to be in first place. They're still in this possibility that they have a decent enough team that they can win some games. The next six games that we have are absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal. And so we might need to start taking a look at, okay, how are we going to be able to manage things a little bit more for Chubb? Um, But I mean, sitting here at at, at where we are and um, having two other running backs that have barely touched the ball um, or the heck, even the field for that, for that, for that matter. Um, you, you don't think that there's some way that he can incorporate Felton into Ernest Johnson in that, in, 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 in plays to give him that additional time off. I, I don't know. I, and I agree. I think Stefanski's play calling has been at times superb. And then at other times head scratching. Um, but um, I, I, if you're in the fourth quarter, you got to go with the You got to go with your best players. Yeah, I agree with that. Bill. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, and I think I was speaking more to um, from a, an offensive standpoint, from a, a, a balance perspective, a mix between the run and the pass, um, mm-hmm. more so than specific play calling. But, um, yeah, you know, for me, I, I, I can certainly see a need to, to get Dearness Johnson involved in the running game. Um, I don't want to see Demetrius Felton anywhere on the field. I'm sorry. I just, I, he hasn't, it, he hasn't shown me that he's an NFL player yet. Um, and it, you know, if he's out there for special teams, great, but I, I'm, I'm not taking snaps away from better players to put him out on the field. It, he's, he's had a few good plays, uh, in a Browns uniform, but I, I, I agree with you, Jeff. Um, what what I would look at doing, and this is kind of building off what what Bill's talking about, is is uh, giving a series or you know or, or however many plays um, to uh, to Dearness Johnson, um, put him out there with Hunt. You know, are are you losing that much by having Hunt and Dearness Johnson out there versus just Hunt or just Chubb? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this is Not NFL much. coaching, right? I mean, who are you taking off the field to put those guys out there? I mean, that, well, that's kind of the point, right? Is that, you know, you, you've got to get touches to all these different guys. And, you know, it's kind of been the the argument for the last several seasons, you know, when we had OBJ and Jarvis Landry and everybody wants more touches, right? I mean, if if you're going to give somebody more, you got to take it away from somebody else. Okay. So, so are we throwing the ball less to David and Joku so that we can run the ball more with Dearness Johnson? Right. I mean, that's, that's what the coach's decisions are, are about, right? Where do we get the best matchup and and where do we have the best percentage of success? Right. Yeah. I mean, my, my thought is you give Dearness Johnson, you know, whatever, uh, you know, 10 snaps, and and he's going to get maybe five carries out of those. Um, those are five carries that Nick Chubb can have in the fourth quarter. You know that he ordinarily would have had in the the second quarter, maybe. Right. Um, you know, potentially. I mean, it still has to be. You still have to to do this based on how the game's going. You know, and if Nick right. Chubb is 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 on fire, you know, you're not going to say, okay, Nick, you know. Uh, go sit down. Um, uh, we're putting 
uh, Dearniston now, you know, even though Nick's ready to go out there and, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, do very well, you, you have to do it based on, um, you know, j just how things are going and how the game is going and everything else. But I mean, I just, my thought is most of the time you either have Chubb or Hunt out there and well, take, take a few of those plays where Hunt is out there by himself and put Dearness Johnson out there with him and give Dearness Johnson a few of the carries that would have gone to Nick Chubb, you know, um, that would have, you know, that would have gone to, I, I guess, um, I, I guess you're really saying those, those are probably Kareem's carries actually, because Nick Chubb's right. going to get them later. Kind of what um, we're doing with Kareem right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, no offense to Kareem. I mean, Kareem's getting 10 carries, 10 carries a game. You know, he's, 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 I think, I mean, Kareem's not doing bad. I think he's averaging over, you know, four, like four and a half carry or something like that. But, um, you know, it's just, it's different when you look at Nick, who's averaging like 6.1 or 6.2, something like that. But um, I, I'm just trying to spread the load around, you know. Um, I mean, Jeff, I, you, bring, you bring up a good point, Jeff, when you said, um, who do you take out? So let's, we know Stefanski likes to have that extra line, you know, the extra offensive lineman to come in, that sixth offensive lineman. I mean, there were yep. at least four times that he had to have a tackle eligible, right? I mean, you, you, yeah. you, you heard him like, okay, mm -hmm. Froll hole tackle eligible, you know, he's like, Froll hole right. is reporting. So let's say if you're going to go with DeErnest and Hunt in the backfield, okay, you got your five offensive linemen. You got your quarterback, you got Njoku, you got Cooper, you got DPJ, and you got your two running backs. There's your 11. All right, so can you can you, can you you do something with those weapons? So, you know, you've got J Jacoby, who, you know, honestly right now is a weapon on third and short and fourth down. You've got um, DeErnest, who can either stay in and block or you can have him go out, have him split out, so you'll have four receivers, technically. Uh, because right now, I think, you know, it's it's a matter of Brissett feels very comfortable looking for DPJ, for Cooper, and for Njoku right now. And and he is consistently looking for those three at different times. Whether Stefanski is calling for particular plays for those guys, and he might very well be. In fact, I almost thought that a couple of those plays were to, to Njoku. I think they even knew, I think the Chargers even knew it was going to happen. And he still made the catch and still got the first down. I mean, I just thought the chief had a, a had a super a super game. So I think yeah. you can I think you can get to Ernest some touches. It's just going to be you're going against Stefanski's idea of that six offense alignment, you know, and that and that's where that's where that extra player is going to be. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. And you know, even if Dearness gets three touches, you know, if he if Dearness would have gotten three touches. In, in the Chargers game that puts, you know, and that puts that puts Nick down at 14. Then, you know, you can have him out there later in the game, give him five carries, you know, and he's still he's still around 20. So and, and remember, too. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I hate, I'm sorry to interrupt. The other <laughs> thing that was, um, you know, after our first two touchdowns, we went two, three and outs. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went we went three and out and and thank goodness we got a punter because a 61 and a 58 yard punt on back to back. I mean, those were phenomenal. We have a punter, punter. We have a punter. A punter. Yeah. but I mean, those were, those were quick three and outs. 
And mm-hmm. so is that an opportunity to, to, to sit there and say, okay, that's the third offensive series. That's the fourth offensive series. You know, we already, we've been going three and outs on that third or fourth offensive series. I have to go back and look at that. I was trying to find that today. Um, I just didn't have the time to look at that, but I mean that those might be opportunities that cause Chubb was in for both of those sets. Um, mm-hmm. is that an opportunity then to get somebody else in there to give Chubb that break? Yeah, I, I won't swear yeah. to this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that on both of those series, we had running plays that absolutely got stuffed and left us in third and long. Yeah, um, there was. So I, I actually have that because I, I, I was I was looking at that. I was looking at that, too. So we had let's get to that real quick. Um, maybe. <laughs> That's why I'm looking at going with the with the split backs, you know, and, and you know. Just to just to show something different, because, you know, by by the time Chubb gashes on the first first two, uh, you know, the first two uh, drives and they're they're making changes. So so I don't think you have to have Chubb and Hunt out there. And if if you want to, great. But I think you can be just as effective having Dearness Johnson and Hunt out there, give Nick a little rest and and save him more for the fourth quarter, Um, you know. And if you don't even have to run out of that set, you know, um, go with the personnel Bill's talking about. And I just, I just, uh, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see Dearness Johnson get a few touches. And that is not a knock on Kareem Hunt or Nick yeah. Chubb at all. But, you know, we're five games into the season. We've got this guy in our roster. He hasn't touched the ball yet. Exactly. Um, I just, you know. Other than on special teams, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's not like we want to see him get, you know, 10, even 10 carries a game, but you know, I, I would love to see him get five carries a game every once in a while, just to, just to kind of break it up and uh, just to kind of keep the other team guessing. So, so Jeff, on those two plays you were talking about where we, we went three and out the first play on the first punt was a three yard run by Chubb. And then, Brissett got in trouble and he was scrambling and then uh, Chubb kind of tried to get past everybody and he just kind of overthrew him a little bit yeah. for the which for that could have one. been a touchdown on a good which throw. could have been a touchdown right yeah. it was right just a, right and then yeah. and then the second series he went Chubb went four yard run on the first play a two yard run on the second so we had third and four and then uh, Brissett made a bad pass to Cooper you know he just he just yeah. that was that was that was I would have to say that might be one of the other than the interception, that was not a good pass because I thought he – it looked like – if I remember right, if I remember the play right, I think he had Cooper. He just led him too far. And and had, it, had Cooper gotten that, yeah. that was the first down and we would have kept going. Those two series were uh, were really on uh, – they were really on Brissett. Um, yes. You know, I mean, he played well the rest of the game, you know, other, other than the, other than the pick. I'm not knocking but, yeah. him. He's been, he's no, been a surprise either. this year for us. I'm not either. He just happened to make, you know, two, two passes where he, you know, just, that just weren't his best passes and they were at yeah. kind of crucial times in the drive. So, um, so yeah, anyways, but yeah, I mean, Cooper and Njoku both had, both had nice games again. Um, that's, that, that's pretty, it's pretty impressive what these guys are doing. So. Um. Yeah. No, I was looking. I was looking. Um. If I had another note, but it, it's about the Patriots, so we're not going to talk about that yet. 
I don't know. I guess we could move on to the Patriots. Um, we've been going a while on this Chargers game, so let's just let's go to the Patriots. Um, Patriots are just one of those teams that, you know, no matter what, you just you don't know what the hell's going to happen because Belichick's going to Belichick and he's going to he's going to scheme some some shit up and and uh, you don't know what's going to happen um, until you play him, but. Uh, they let's see they um they got their butts kicked by the dolphins uh week 1 20 to 7 um then they beat the the steelers 17 14 um lost to the ravens 37 26 lost to the packers 27 24 and then they just they just shut out the lions 29 to 0 so um don't see a lot of shutouts in the league guys so Mm-hmm. Um, even even when you're talking the Lions, which I, I guess they were pretty good offensively before that. Um, what are your thoughts on the Patriots, Jeff? Well, recent history tells me that um, Bill Belichick likes to make the Browns his, you know, he likes to be their daddy. So yeah, he does. Um, he does. I mean, he's he's kind of embarrassed us lately. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would love to think that this will be the week that we'll get our shit together on defense and the offense will continue to click and we'll make a game of it. But, um, I mean, I don't, I don't feel really good about out-coaching Bill Belichick. Um, uh, Bill, what are your thoughts? Um, so, I, you know, we talk about the defense getting gashed. Here you've got – Ramondre Stevenson with what do you have 161 yards rushing against the Lions I mean here we got another back that has the potential that can run over us and I don't know if um I don't know if I'm trying to figure out if Zappi's going to be um quarterbacking still I'm going to assume that's probably the case um but it kind of sounded like the yeah. I'm not sure if it's determined yet, so I'm not going to say it could go either way because I don't know, but I think – I don't know if they're 100% sure yet. Just the way that we're the 28th team in the in the, uh, in the the NFL and stopping the run, and we've got Ramondre Stevenson who is you know, starting to find his groove here, and this offensive line is, I think, feeling really good about let's run the football. Um, we may be seeing a lot of that same kind of idea again uh, this week. And then I, I, I tell you, Matthew Judon is just he's something special, you know, on that defensive line, he is something special. And so I think the Patriots have started to figure out what their identity is on defense. This is going to be a tough game. You know, this is going to be a tough game. And I think, I think the big thing is going to be, if we can stop, if we can just stop the running, I, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> if I we do, can only I, stop the run. But, um, yeah. When are we yeah, going to show us only. if we're going to stop the run? I'm with you. I'm with you. I feel like even if the even if the Patriots didn't have a running back on their roster right now, they would go grab some dude out of the parking lot and he would run for 130 yards against the Browns. Um, It's just what it's just what they're going to do. They are going to run the ball. Um, Was it did the Browns play the Pats last season? Oh, we got crushed by him. Yeah, that was that was a game where uh, where um, they only had like seven passing attempts and they ran the ball every freaking time and we still couldn't stop them. It, they won forty five to seven. 
It was and, brutal. Yeah, and there was, was and they had like seven passing attempts. Right. I, I think it's going to be that kind of game. Why would it be any other type of game? Bill Belichick's been watching what the Browns have done the last two weeks. Right. He's going to run the football. And and if he has to be the guy out there toting the rock, he will do it. I mean, somebody's going to run the ball, and they will open up holes, and, and they're going to run the ball. So the, the only chance the Browns have in this game is to score a lot of points, which – I think they'll be. I don't think the Browns are going to get shut out in this game by no. the by the Pats. I think the Browns will put up their their twenty to twenty eight points. It's a matter of how how uh, you know how their defense can play against the Patriots and if they can keep them in the game or not. That's kind of how I see it. So um, yeah, you know, um, Patriots are going to run the football. I don't think the Browns are going to make a big enough turnaround to be able to stop them. When's the last time we beat New England? I don't have that handy. I just thought of that right now. I'm like, you know what? I don't think we've beaten them for a while. Uh, 2010. 2010? 12 years? <laughs> yeah. That's a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we don't play them every season. So yeah. that's probably only, they probably only won like six or eight times in a row, you know? So. <laughs> that's, actually, that's 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 about the only time we've beaten them. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go back another 10 years before we beat them again. So, yeah, yeah, we've only beaten them twice in our history. Well, since since the franchise has been back. Yeah, it's 2010. Is that the um uh is that the Peyton Hillis game or was that a playoff game? Um ooh, good question. The Peyton Hillis game where he ran for 180 some yards against them and won. I think that that may have been a playoff game that we well, beat them in. I'm looking at November November 7th of 2010. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Peyton Hillis was probably well after that, if I'm not mistaken. They beat us 34 to 14. Gee, or we beat them, excuse me, we beat them 34 beat them. to 14. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, was, like, that was the one, the one game that we really owned them. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. 34 14. Yeah. Jeez. 1994. Browns beat the Pats in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we're reaching back, guys. Anyways. Yeah. So, so yeah. we know what we're up against. Um, I'm sure the Browns do too. Um, I tell you, though, they, you yeah. know, they, I remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of uh, the, the Patriots um, reporters were wondering how is this dual offensive coordinator going to work because you've got a defensive coordinator who's now your offensive coordinator and in, in Patricia. So I, you know, they're doing enough to stay active. I mean, they're scoring points, so they're figuring out ways to, to find your weakness and then exploit the hell out of it. Yep. Yeah. So a few numbers on the Patriots. Um, they are one for three on fourth downs this year. Um, only gone for it on fourth down three times and made it once. Um, huh. Interesting. Obviously see. not paying attention to what the rest of the league's doing. Yeah, they they have nine sacks. Our opponents have thirteen. Um, scored ten touchdowns. Opponents tw- eleven. And they're minus two in the in the uh, turnover battle. Uh, They've turned the ball over a lot. 
Yeah, so yeah, they're minus two there. Um, let's see. Uh, time of possession, Pats are at 30.4, 40, uh, 30 minutes and 44 seconds. Um, Browns still leading the league at 34 uh, minutes and 31 seconds. Not that that gets you anything, but um, always interesting. Let's see. Uh, Browns are six of 10 on fourth downs. That really shouldn't surprise anybody with Jacoby Brissett. There's been a lot of fourth and ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browns are even on the turnover battle and uh, scored 15 touchdowns. Their opponents have scored 14. That might shock you guys a little bit. Um, the game's been close, but uh, Browns opponents have nine sacks. You know how many sacks the Browns have this year in five games? I'm going to say four. Yeah, not a lot. Five. Five. Yeah. One sack a game. One one per game. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty bad. Not, that's not getting it done. So no, no. no. Um, I mean, not that not that sacks are uh, exactly everything we're looking for. I mean, stopping the run would be nice too. But uh, but yeah. Um. <laughs> but we're not. It's listening. just indicative. Of, yeah, no, it's indicative of, of the issues that we have with the, with the middle of the right. defensive line. They're just yeah. we, nobody yeah. is nobody is is taking up more than one blocker. Right. Right. That's true. Um let's let's get this out of the way before we uh before we go any further and uh give predictions and stuff. Um I think we'll do predictions and then move on to some other things just to get the predictions out of the way. Um let's let's get this out of the way. The uh the final score was thirty to twenty eight. So the winner of course was our guest again uh, as usual yeah our guest our guests are uh have uh have five and oh against us yeah um, oh, crap shaggy had <laughs> shaggy, shaggy had uh browns 31 to 24 so he had the highest totals for the browns and for the chargers so we got to give it to him yeah so good job Shaggy, everything except uh, Shags. I mean, that was um, that was a that was a great episode last week. He was awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, great guy. And um, yeah, uh, uh, believe it or not, a- after the episode, uh, uh, Shags and I we started DMing each other. Talk. We I think we talked music for like uh, two hours after the after wow. the podcast. Wow, <laughs> a lot of fun. Great guy. Great yeah. guy. So. Uh, but yeah, he he pulls out the victory. Um, too bad the Browns didn't. But hopefully, hopefully they can shock us uh, this week. Um, it, it's another one of those games. I, I'll be honest with you guys. After watching the Pats uh, get crushed by the Dolphins, I was kind of thinking this wouldn't be a tough game. But you know, they 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 played um, they played the Packers tough, and then you know it seems like they're really rolling after that Lions game. So. Um, I, I agree with you guys. It's probably going to be a tough game. So um, the Browns, is this right? Browns are a th- are the Browns a three point favorite in this game, Jeff? Did you look this up? Or are they a three point dog? No, I did not look up the line. I mean, okay, hold really on, surprised I'm, I'm me. Pulling that up right now. I think the Browns are a three two point. and a half. They're two and a half. Two and a half point favorite. Oh, yes. We're okay. shifting. The line's moving two. on us. Mine's moving on us. Okay, and I the over-under at 42.5. Is that still what you see, Bill? I see 43, but I'm on pro football focus. Yeah. So I see 
I see plus 43. or minus. I see the 43 and then uh, minus two and a half for the Browns. Okay. We'll go with that. So, uh, let's, let's just give some predictions and move on to some fun stuff. You guys ready for that? Sounds good. Sure. <laughs> All right, Bill, you are the guest. Guests go first and usually win. Um, <laughs> Or always went up to this point. Nope, there's no pressure involved because it's only bragging rights that we're guessing for here. So. I understand. I understand. What, what would you like to throw out? Um, I am going to go 27-24 Browns. I think Cade York figures out what's going on. It's going to be a tight game all, all the way through. And I think Jacoby's going to make enough plays at the end. We're going to kick a field goal to win the game into the dog pound. Nice. Nice. On Cade, your field goal. <laughs> okay. Right. It's got to um, happen, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Jeff, Bill is taking the over. Did you learn anything last week? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am never, ever taking the under again. <laughs> Even against the Patriots, who, who had a who had total of uh, 29 points scored in their last game. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, they've typically had a lot more scored than 43 in their games, too. Well, yeah, they've, they've kind of gone over and under. kind of depends. So, yeah, this is not an easy one to, to say over or under for me. But, but yeah, I'm going to let you throw out a score with the over. All right. Um, I'm going to go 28-27 Browns because I can't pick them to lose. Not yet. I still kind of believe that the defense is going to get their shit together. Um, but this, this one's probably going to be a nail biter. So I'm going to go with 28, 27 and the over. Okay. Um, I'm taking the under. I just, I think, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like it, but I think, I think the Pats defense is going to be, it's going to be uh, pretty tough. Um, and I'm going to count on the Browns defense making a few stops. Um, we didn't even talk about the the, uh, the guys the Browns signed. Um, yeah. And how, cons- how consequential we think they'll be. Maybe we'll talk about those guys here in a minute. But, okay. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go tw- 21 to. 21-17 Browns. Okay. And you don't want to change your mind because it's supposed to be 61 degrees and sunny and no chance of rain on Sunday at all there, Rod? No. No. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm going, I'm going uh, 38. And, I love yeah, the confidence, man. Jeremy, yeah, it's not, it's not a lot of confidence. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> Jeremy's laughing somewhere because I'm taking the under, but that's all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff learned I did not. So what can you say? Uh, yeah. So um so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um I just I could see that game going so many ways. Um we'll just see what happens. So so Jeff had uh Jeff had a question that that um that was interesting that um you know, it, it kind of comes out of the the Cade York talk and the pressure on him to, you know, um, 
as a rookie kicker and you know the fact that he's missed a few kicks um and and jeff what jeff wanted to talk about what was uh what positions have the most individual responsibility on the team so so jeff how, how do you think we should tackle this um i think you know the, the first it is really obvious Right. I mean, everybody's going to say quarterback has the most individual responsibility on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess what I'm really interested in is like, you know, what do you see as, you know, two and three and four if necessary? But, you know, what are, what are the next positions on the team that, that carry the most individual responsibility in terms of, you know, executing on a given play and, and affecting the outcome of a game? And that maybe that, you know, kind of preempts. <laughs> get the answer you know but um yeah it, I mean, it does tie into tie into the whole Cade york discussion it's a great question it, it is and it, let, let me just throw out a few possibilities i'm thinking of and and th- these are in no particular order because i really don't know the answer offhand i mean there, there are guys who who can screw the game up for you pretty easily i mean sure yeah you know, if you have a, a terrible punter who shanks one, you know, he, he's got some responsibility. But if he does his job well, then then it, he's just out there kicking. Right. So, um, you know, a punter should not be the guy with the most responsibility on it. But if he stinks half the time, he is. OK, um, same yeah. with your same with your center snapping the ball. Um, so so that kind of takes me to guys like wide receivers and corners who right. can, you know, make a catch, drop a ball, um, or, or defend a catch or, or blow a coverage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, and of course you, um, your kicker, which is an obvious one, who's going to have the, uh, the weight of the world on him when he tries to kick a game winning field goal or an extra point. That's very important. So, uh, right. we all know we're coming down to him. So, but yeah, but I mean, it, it's pretty much those guys and, you know, and anybody else who touches the ball, you're, you know, you're running backs, tight ends, anybody who's a, a receiver, um, you know, those guys have are probably your next tier down um, because they're responsible for maintaining possession of the ball and making catches and making plays. And then I'll defer right. to Bill for his thoughts. That's a really good question, Jeff. Um, I, you can almost answer this question based on scheme, right? So you can almost say, and 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 we'll just we'll just pick on the the trend right now in 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 the NFL, and that is the five DBs. You know, if the trend now is to have those five defensive backs so that you can cover more, or have that player like a JOK who can not only cover. Uh, but also can rush the passer, which, you know, wow, look at that. We had Clay Matthews back in the 70s and early 80s who could do that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you look at scheme and you look at the way that, the, that, that right now defenses are, you know, getting exposed by these four and five receiver, you know, five receiver sets, uh, yeah, I got I got to say your, your cornerbacks, but I, I really think that the safeties now have a bigger role um, and, and really dictate a lot because not only are they supposed to be the communication in the back there mm-hmm. and keeping everybody in, in, in line, um, 
I don't see us getting a lot of, um, at least from our standpoint, a lot of that production from the safety position. But if you look at other really dominant defenses, you see that they have a safety that's a game changer. You know that that other teams have to sit there and say, "Wow, we got it. We got a boy. We got to plan against this." You know. Um, so I, I agree, Rod, the cornerback, but I'm even going to go defensive back and safety. I think that's that's a really important position now because of the amount of how the NFL is just going to a pass happy league. You know, and, oh, and, and I'm sure and I'm sure the I'm sure the officials are told to, you know, hey, you know, be be very um, uh, be very generous in allowing um, hand to hand contact, you know, stuff like that. Um, I would also say that the more that I'm the more that I'm watching, you know, the, the, the other than the quarterback, I, I do believe that we're seeing a resurgence in the tight end. I mean, you look at some of the dominant tight ends, and I, and I know we go with Travis Kelsey as, you know, obviously one of the big ones. Uh, but you also have what, uh, Goder from, uh, is it Goder from uh, uh, the Giants, or not the Giants, the Eagles that's having a great season? Yeah. I mean, you start to look yeah. at that position, and that really is almost a position where there's no one on the defense that can cover him. And if you have two tight ends that are highly capable – you have a you have an opportunity on offense to move the chains, um, and and I'm and I've been noticing a lot more that the tight end seems to be getting a little bit more money too. Um, I think that's a position of of importance. I, I would not have said that maybe you know eight years ago, but really watching how teams are developing that 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 dominant tight end pass catching you can't cover me kind of deal. That puts a lot of pressure on defenses, you know, and yeah. and that that can have a big impact on games. And and I still think that from a defensive standpoint, you got to rush the passer. And and I think a good ru- pass rusher, whether it's from the interior of the D line or whether it's the outside of the D line, like as a guy like Miles Garrett or you know Aaron Donald, um, you have somebody like that that can put pressure. Um, that 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 just changes because now all of a sudden everything is disrupted on the offense. Everything is disrupted. Your timing is off. Your three-step drops and five-step and seven-step drops now are all of a sudden. Oh crap! I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make plays with my legs now because I'm on the run. Um, so I think a dominant pass rusher and and I tell you from that defensive line it's becoming it's become kind of interesting to watch, you know. And I think Aaron Donald has kind of led that. I do think Miles Garrett is another part of that that piece because these guys are becoming just almost unstoppable, you know. Yeah. And I can, I do feel bad for tackles, you know. I'm sure they're kind of like I got to keep doing this all the time. I don't know how Joe Thomas did it. I don't know how Joe Thomas did it day after day, play after play for all, all those years, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'd have to say those are those would be my three positions that I think can really have an impact on the game. And, and I agree with you. Yes. The kicker, you know, um, but I, I don't know about the wide receiver as much anymore because you've got so many guys that can catch the football, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of now, it's just a matter of matchups. Who's our best matchup. And can we exploit that matchup? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, framing it that way, Bill, um, you know, whose play, most directly affects the outcome of the game. Okay. Um, anybody who creates a mismatch becomes important, right? Um, 
yeah. whether it's at the wide receiver position, the, the tight end position, um, you know, maybe you've got a, a Christian McCaffrey who can kind of, you know, do both ends of the, you know, um, run pass option. Right. Um, I think what I'm getting at more so with this question is um, in terms of the level of responsibility that they shoulder on each individual, on each given play. Okay. So for instance, and maybe this will kind of crystallize my thinking is the quarterback has to make decisions on every snap, right? They, you know, they, they go through their pre-snap, you know, uh, read of the defense. Uh, maybe there's a, a play adjustment. So, so obviously to, for me, the quarterback is clearly the, the number one player on the field in terms of the level of responsibility that they have to affect the outcome of the game. Right. And that's why quarterbacks are the highest paid players in the league. Right. And it's so hard to find a really good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you, when you go to the next in line there, um, I think you could make a case for any of those guys that you guys mentioned. And I'll, I'll throw another one into the mix that the guy on defense who wears the, the, the green dot. Okay, that you know, his job is his job is to relay what the DC is is saying and and get them into the right positions and you know so forth. So, um, I mean, that's a that's a big level of responsibility on the defense side of the ball. It's kind of similar to quarterback. Okay, but the reason I think number two is kicker is because the kicker is directly responsible for points every time he's on the field. Okay, it's it's either points or no points. Every time he's on the field, every time there's a touchdown, the kicker is, is out there for an extra point. Every every field goal counts three times as much. Okay, the the level of responsibility in the NFL, particularly when we consider how close every game is, and and how it almost always comes down to those few points from your kicker. Okay, I personally believe that that it's it's not you know. It's not a close second to quarterback, but it's, I think he's definitely the second most critical position on the field in terms of the responsibility on, on, on each play that they're out there. And I guess what got me thinking about that is Cade York's a rookie. As a team, you don't give all that responsibility to a rookie lightly. Um, because you know that there's going to be games that are going to come down to exactly what the Chargers game came down to, where you're throwing all that responsibility on a kid who is just learning how to be a professional. And, and you know, that is a, a really high-stress situation. So knowing what we know about, you know, this season and, you know, the suspension of our quarterback one and, and, and everything that we're having to go through this season, um, we just have to bear with that kicker until he gets a level of comfort to be able to handle that responsibility. Cause I think that's, what's the problem with him right now. It's not mechanics. I think it's between his ears. Well, Hey, I'm going to, this, you brought up a great point. So let me, let me bring, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do this. So if we look at right now in the NFL, okay. Cause I, as you were talking, I just kind of searched this real quick. What's the average margin, um, the score, you know, like per team, yeah. what's your average margin of score? 12 of the 32 teams right now are either plus or minus three points. Whereas mm-hmm. last year, it's only 
it's only eight of 32. Mm -hmm. So already this year, you're seeing that the average margin now of and, and, and we're talking there was like a couple 3.1, 3.2, 3.3 that I didn't include. I just did three points, you know, plus or minus three points. That's all I was looking at. Yeah. And, and in fact, if I include if I go up to like three point four, now we're talking almost 20 of the 32 teams have that margin of three points. So your point is is a good one here. Um, and especially, and I didn't even think about that before already. We've seen just this jump in how close the games are this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're right. I, I, I have confidence that he'll be fine. I think this is a learning process for him. Um, and he'll, 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 he'll make through it. He'll get through it because he's had to do it before the kid's confident, the kid's cocky. I like it. Uh, he's just having, unfortunately, two bad kicks, um, Sunday and and unfortunately we put him in a position that uh they hurt us. Yep. Yeah. And not only are the games close, the the league is close, records are close and I tweeted this so my apologies for everybody who saw it but there are 14 teams in the league with a record better than 2 and 3. And you, you know how many teams make the playoffs? 14. Okay. Um, it's probably not going to stay that all those 14 teams make the playoffs. Okay, things are going to probably change a little bit. But um, I'll go on with this. 11 teams sit at 2 and 3 and 8 teams sit at 3 and 2. So that's 19 out of the 32 teams are at either 3 and 2 or 2 and 3. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's, it's a tight league. Um, and we're only five weeks in. Um Things can change. Teams get hot. Uh, you know, um, teams figure things out or, or teams lose guys. Um, it's uh, there's still a long ways to go in this NFL season. So so judging guys and judging teams too quickly is, is just not a smart move at this point. You're best off to look at this and say, hey, there are a couple of teams who have this thing figured out or seemingly at this point. Um, the rest of everybody else is kind of feeling their way through this and either winning close games or losing close games. That's pretty much what's happening. Yep. So, guys, uh, real quick, I've got uh, a little kind of a game here. Um, I call this uh, uh, problem, uh, solution, or needs more time. And I'm going to give you guys some names, and you tell okay. me if they're a part of the problem, part of the solution, or if we need more time to find out. Hmm. And um, I'll just I'll just let you guys alternate as to who goes first. So Jeff, you can go first on this one because I know what you're going to say. Um, All right. Fun. Hey, these are in no particular order. Um, brothers. The first one is Cade York. Needs more time. Bill. Yeah, it needs more time. Okay. Um, I thought Jeff would say solution, but that's okay. I understand he needs more time. <laughs> I would say solution, but as you guys know, I'm an optimist. I've got a lot. I've got a lot of. Uh, I've got confidence in this kid. I think he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to be the kicker here for a long time. I just kind of have a feeling about him. So, um, Jacoby Brissett, Bill. I tell you, I thought he was going to be a problem, but uh, you know what? He is. He has been a really good solution for us so far to get us through to week 13. 
I can't believe I'm actually saying that, but um, he's been impressive in the passing when it's not late in the fourth quarter. And um, his decision-making in late in the fourth quarter needs to be worked on. But I tell you right now, he has been a solution for us. Jeff? Yeah, he's been 100% the solution unless he's been in a high-pressure situation. <laughs> so I'll say, <laughs> yeah. I'll say solution. Yeah, I'll agree with you guys. Um, Jeff, uh, this one's a little bit of a reach, but uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it needs more time. Bill? Wow. Um, I, I, I may go, I'm going to go problem, and here's how I'm going to say why I think it's a problem. Um, we gave up a lot for him, and if you look at our defensive tackle situation, we have not drafted a defensive tackle first or second round and I don't know how many years, and we're not going to have a first-round pick for the next, what, three years. So uh, I think we are going to be a little hamstrung in, in terms of the draft. Uh, I think right now that's a problem for this club. Um, Grant Delpit, Bill. Um, I, I, th I think he's a problem. I have not been impressed. I don't see the consistency that we need from that position. Um, I think we all thought that he was going to be, I mean, I know injuries have been a part of it. I get it. I do. Um, but, um, I think he's been a problem this year. He's not the yeah. only one I'm waiting for the other one. You're going to give me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the problem with Grant Delpit is, um, Ronnie Harrison hasn't been good enough to put him on the bench. Good. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're kind of, we're kind of, like I've said before, living and dying with Grant Delpit getting through the learning curve. Um, so, but yeah. it, he has definitely been a problem. Yeah. He's playing out of position, but I mean, he's still got to play. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you guys at this point. I mean, you hope he's part of the solution long-term, but right now he's, he's big part of the problem. So, um, so Jeff, uh, John Johnson. Man, um, I just haven't seen enough from him to, to feel good about my initial impressions of him, if I'm saying that correctly. I mean, mm -hmm. he's not he's not played up to the level that he did with the Rams, um, and I don't know why. So I guess I guess I'm still undecided on him. I need more time. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, I, you hit it right on, Jeff. I, I was expecting so much more when we signed him and. If we're having communication issues and he's a veteran in this league, I I don't I don't get that. I, I agree we need more time, but I'm going to say right now time is running out with him. I I think he's on he's on thin ice and he should be on thin ice. Uh, I'll give him I'll give him more time, but uh, for as good as the I mean we were what the number five ranked defense in the last twelve games last year at the mm -hmm. end of the season and now we're here. Um, we brought nine of the eleven starters back. I, I, I'm, I'll give him more time, but it ain't much. Maybe three, four weeks coming out of the bye. That might be it. I'm going to agree with you guys. Um, Safety is supposed to be the strength of this team. And I know that they're, we're playing, you know, three strong safeties, but these guys have to, these guys should be, you know, making plays out there, you know? Um, and I don't think they're putting fear in anybody's heart right now. So, so I, I, I agree with you guys. 
um, I guess we're going to build uh, Jacob Phillips. Oh, man. Um, I like the kid. I like the kid when we drafted him. I felt bad when he tore his Achilles. Uh, I've just, this guy has some speed. Um, I, I don't think he's a problem. I wish he were the solution, but he's not right now. Um, he's been given an opportunity here and, and maybe there's more to the defense that, you know, with Anthony, with Walker out and we're asking him to kind of fill in those shoes. Maybe there's a learning curve for him because we didn't put him in that situation enough times the last couple of years to test him. And this is his test right now. And unfortunately it's a time when we really need somebody to be dominant in there. I'm going to say need more time with, uh, with Jacob. I like the kid. I think he's got a big upside, but man, I'm running out of time to see that with him too. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. I'm just going to say, see my answer for Grant Delpit. Yeah. 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 I mean, he really hasn't played a lot, you know, or, or very much before this season, but you know, there, there's a reason that they've, they've put this responsibility on him and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, kind of kept that spot open for him and everything. So, um, so yeah, you hope he grows up quick. But yeah, for, for me, it's more time on Jacob Phillips. But, but yeah, you you need to see some growth. So, so Jeff, uh, David Bell needs more time. Uh, he's, I mean, we haven't really seen anything from David Bell yet. He's barely, barely had an opportunity to to play. Yeah. Got a few catches. Yeah. Bill. I'm going to say the same thing. Needs more time. Although I, he had what, two catches. And I thought the one catch he had, the, it was like a kind of a rolling catch across the middle. I was very impressed with that. You know, he, he was, he, you know, Brissett put it right where he needed to put it. He held on to it. It was, a, I thought it was a really good catch on, you know, um, a smart play. And if that's, we can see more from him, that'd be great. But I, we need more time with him. Yeah, for me, I, I need more time. I really think he's going to be part of the solution. I think he's going to be a positive receiver for the Browns. I'm not going to predict the thousand yards or anything, but I mean, he's got, I think he's got five or six catches on like six or on, uh, I think he only has one target that he hasn't caught yet uh, this season. So um, I, I think he's going to be a nice piece for the Browns. Uh, Bill, um, what you've been waiting for? Joe Woods. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was going to be Denzel Ward. <laughs> He's coming up. Okay. Um, I do think Joe Woods is, 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 is the problem. If his scheme was so hard that for whatever reason, at the end of last year, um, they had it figured out the last 12 games, right? The Browns defense was playing tough, mm-hmm. uh, number five in the league. And then we had nine of 11 coming back. We're all like, this is going to be great. You know, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then we've come out like we have here. Um, I, I, if his scheme is that hard and it, and, and it took four games for us to make it simple, then I, I, he's clueless. I mean, he just, is he really, does he always put us in the wrong calls against certain plays? I, I think he's a problem. And, um, I, I think he's holding this team back. Jeff. Well, this is this is tough because, Bill, I agree with you at, at 
from one perspective. Um, but here's here's the caveat, okay? Um, the guys that we didn't return from last year are the guys up the middle. Yeah. Um, the D tackles, the the Mike linebacker who you know obviously just got hurt, um, and and dealt it at safety. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this in baseball terms. Okay. Um, catcher, shortstop, second base, center field. Okay. That is the heart of your defense in baseball. Um, NFL is a little bit different because, you know, you got, you got to factor cornerbacks into that. Okay. Against number one receivers. But in terms of the thing that's killing us right now, the run game, stopping the run game, I think the dysfunction with those new pieces in the middle of the defense is really what's causing the problem. Um, like you said, they, they figured out what to do with Joe Woods last year, and they, and they were top five defense. Um, we still have Joe Woods. We still have the same players with the exception of those four. Um, what did Joe Woods change other than those four players? So – yeah, not not knowing enough about you know what he expects out of certain guys. Um, I gotta hold some players responsible for this too. So I agree. If Joe Woods is still having problems at the end of this season, um, I'm all for making a change, and and we're probably going to be changing some players too. Okay, but I don't want us to be in a in a scenario where it's like every other year. You know, our offense is good this year. Our defense sucks. Next year, our defense is good. Our offense sucks. You know, it's just, that's how we've been, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I just, I think we need some continuity with this team um, from a leadership standpoint and from a system standpoint so that we can get to the level where, you know, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're just plugging a new guy into the same system, you know, and, and I got to believe that, that Joe Woods is capable of that. And it, it frustrates me as much as anybody else. We, had just, we haven't seen it. I, I'm going to agree with both of you guys. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, because um, we've seen the positives and we know what's going on this year, that there's there's just holes in the defensive line um, and that some guys just seem like they're kind of clueless out there. Um, they should get it. And I don't know if it's on them or on the coach, but I've seen the coach do well, you know, last season. So. Um, I want to say he needs more time, but how much more time can he get? Um, you know, I want to say he's the problem because the points are, are given up. But for me, the solution is continuity. Um, it's it's a tough it's a tough spot. I, I really feel like um, what do they have three three games until the bye? Um, right. You know, I I think I feel almost feel like the defense needs to show a little something during these three games or his job's going to be in danger at the bye. Um, you know, if they can show something during these three games, you know, I think he's probably safe till the end of the season. But, uh, you know, and I have no idea what the Browns are thinking, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really, it's really got me, um, you know, wondering where the issues are. And, and it's frustrating. I mean, I, I feel the frustration that both of you guys feel. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I just want to see the defense play better. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so Jeff, uh, Kevin Stefanski. I think Kevin's the solution. Um, 
I want him to be our head coach for a long time. I think he has every one of the solutions. Um, I just don't think it's all come together yet this season. And I hope, like you said, that after the bye, we're done talking about whether or not his job's on the line. Um, I just, we need that continuity. Hey, I agree. I agree with you, um, Bill. I'm going to go between solution and needs more time, and here's why. And, and Rod, you and I have talked about this before. Being a head coach is not an easy gig. You, you, here's a learning curve. And every time I want, to, I get frustrated with him, and we're sitting at the bar, and you always tell me there's a learning curve. I'm like, I know you're right. Part of me. <laughs> looks at him and says, if there's a learning curve, what are you learning? So why are we not, I mean, you've talked about before, and I'll just use this as one example. You've talked about before how, boy, we need to figure out ways to get Chubb and Hunt in the backfield at the same time. Well, why aren't you trying that more? Um, I will say he's done maybe a little bit more this year, but, and and I know everything kind of, I'm sure went out the door with with the Deshaun Watson trade. I, I do think, I do think that that was a difficult thing. And I, and the thing that I'll give Kevin Stefanski, when all of that went down, um, he was asked questions that he was not prepared for. I felt bad for the guy. You know, uh, I thought that was something that Andrew Berry, who can't, he can't, Andrew Berry ended up coming in, what, like five days later when he should have been the one standing out there. And, D Podesta should have been the one standing out there, but instead Stefanski was, and he was doing the best that he could. I think, I think he's learning. Um, I think there are times that his offense looks unstoppable and like the first two plays, I mean, the, the first two series, that, that was great. I mean, and that was with Jacoby Brissett and they were going left. They were going right. They were going short. They were going long. They had guys in motion. When's the last time you've seen a Kevin Stefanski offense have guys in motion? When? I have not. I, I saw a couple guys in motion. I was I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're trying to screw the defense up. I love it. But then we kind of got back into that same thing, and then we didn't have the motion anymore, and then we went two, three and outs. So there is a learning curve for him. I get it. I, I, I do think he is a, a long-term solution, but boy – I, I need to see more from him. I need to see him take a more active role with the defense, and I want to see him to be passionate. I want a head coach who's passionate. You look at the coaches that we've had that have been successful. There are coaches that are passionate. Marty, even Sam, they just they sat there with the with with just this feeling of yay. You're like, you can do this. And even Belichick, I mean, Belichick's last couple of years, you look at him, that was probably the most excited I think I've ever seen him on some of the games that they won. But I just don't see that passion with him. I really wish that I, I'd like to see that. I do agree. I think he is the long-term solution. But, boy, I, I, we need to start learning quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to know somebody listens to me, Bill. No, I, this I is agree. the Rod Love Fest right now. That's yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rod, I, I texted you earlier in the day um, about um, how many teams move on from their starting quarterback and don't have to go through a, a rebuild. Um, 
in reality, I mean, that's kind of where we are, right? We're, we, yeah. we, we are doing an 11 week rebuild here because yeah. we know we have a top five quarterback coming to this team. But typically when a team moves on from a number one quarterback, there's a period of adjustment. And for Jacoby Brissett to step in and and be as effective as he's been in this offense, I think he deserves a lot of credit. But I also think the offensive staff deserves an awful lot of credit for putting him in positions to be successful. I agree. And just just looking at Stefanski, I mean his primary his primary responsibility that we see, you know, on Sundays is, is running is is running the offense. Okay, a lot of people had issues with his play calling last year. Uh, whether you did or didn't, you know that that's up to you. Um, a lot of that is because of the points or the lack of points um, that the Browns offense scored. Right. There hasn't been a lot of talk about that this season. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> sure. There, there have been some. There, there have been questionable plays, but if you sit down and watch any game, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be shaking your head at some of the calls um, by the coach. You know, for for any offense, I, I think, I think these guys outthink themselves sometimes, or yes. you know. Um, Plays plays look like stupid plays because they don't work. It doesn't mean it was necessarily a bad play call. Maybe the defense just you know sniffed it out and you know and they and they stuffed it. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean it was a terrible play call. Um, it just happens sometimes that plays just don't work. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look look at uh, look at what uh, look at what LA's coach going for that fourth down late in the game. I mean, guys, that was stupid. <laughs> That was That's just plain stupidity. Definitely, definitely high risk. <laughs> high risk. I mean, he practically handed the game to the Browns on that play. Yeah. yeah. He tried. Yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much. I mean, Stefanski, I mean, he's gone for some fourth downs, but never anything like that that I can remember. Right. Uh, that almost just assured the other team of victory. I mean, as, as close as, as much as he could. Anyways, so um, other coaches do this stuff, but my main point is that Stefanski, um, I, I'm agreeing mostly with Jeff. There have been minimal changes in this offense. I mean, you have a new quarterback and you have a new uh, number one wide receiver, but um, aside from that, there are, the main change is that this offense is scoring points. Right. So, okay. um, so I, I have two more. Um, whose turn is it? Yours, Jeff? Yeah, Jeff can go. Jeff, uh, Jimmy and D. Haslam. Well, yeah, this this is a tough one. Um, I think the last couple of years they've been the solution. I think prior to that they were, in my mind, one of the biggest problems. Um, but by putting competent people in charge and letting them do their job, and you know having a minimal involvement in the day-to-day decision-making of the team. Um, they've figured out how to be part of the solution. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. Are they ideal owners? Probably not, but they've, they've at least done something right recently. Yeah. Bill? 
I'd say the solution is uh, realizing that they need to stop meddling. I think <laughs> right. once they realize, I think once they realize that, like you said, getting the right people in place. Now we can we can argue and say, do we have the right people in place right now? That's that's debatable, but um, I agree with you. I, I I'd say probably they're more of a solution now. Um, and it, you know, the D aspect is really interesting because now that they they basically saved the Columbus crew. My understanding was she had a lot more say with the crew um, and and hiring people for the crew. So I think I think D Haslam has a lot of power um, in this organization, and I think she's used that power very well in the in, with the crew. I think she's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't realize, and it, it oh. could very well it could very well be um, D Haslam who is telling her husband, you know, back off. You know, hire the right people. Let's back off. And so um, I, I will say probably the solution right now. But, you know, we're just we're just the next head coach firing to say they're the problem. I would agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. All I can say is we've had we've had worse owners, but that yep. doesn't mean that they're perfect. That's for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Last one. Bill Denzel Ward. I. I I, I I just think he has been one of the biggest problems, and I don't know what the deal is. You know, you sign a huge contract in the offseason. This is a Pro Bowl guy, and he is getting absolutely destroyed by every team this year. I, I, I can't sit there and say – I don't want to sit there and say he got his bag of money and then he doesn't care. I, I, I want to believe that that's not the case. But the results on the field show me differently. They're picking on him. Teams are just they're like, where's Ward? All right, we're going to run this play to, to this side. Where's Ward? All right, we're going to run this play here. I mean, that's what the point where they are right now. He is a problem for this defense right now. Maybe not in years past, but right now, I, I, I would even say, do you, I mean, I know he's under the concussion protocols right now. And so Emerson may be starting. But at what point do you just sit there and say, you know what, let's 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 sit you down for a little bit. Let's put Emerson in place and see what we got with the rookie. I I, right now I haven't seen any big play that he has made that has been a game changer. And other than the I mean, the classic example was in the Chargers when he has the responsibility of any guy going far out right or out to his left, I should say. He went right inside. And then Eckler was just like, oh, no, no one's within 10 yards of me right here, right here. Um, that to me was just I, I, I can't understand how a Pro Bowl player can go from as the level that he was to where he is now. You're right. We need to hold our players accountable. I think he is the one player that needs to be held the most accountable for the defense. He is our problem. Jeff. Yeah, I think he certainly is a problem right now. Um, I don't know how much of that is on his shoulders. Um, But I can tell you this, that historically when Denzel Ward plays lights out, our defense plays lights out. And when he makes a big play to Bill's point, um, an interception or something that, that tends to be the driving force in our, in our defense dominating the other team. Um, For whatever reason, we haven't seen that from Denzel this year. And uh, that's concerning. Um, what's even more concerning to me, though, is um, the finger pointing. 
Um, yeah. Hopefully the players meeting put a stop to that um, because I really don't want to see our defense get into a situation like our offense was in last year where players start to point at each other, blame each other um, and, you know, get their dads involved making tapes or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we need, we need all of these guys to play to their abilities. And right now Denzel is not playing to his ability. And that's a huge problem. I agree. Uh, not sure what, what the issue is uh, either, but um but yeah, let's let's hope uh, let's hope he sees the light um, during this uh, you know during during this time off the field um, and then comes back and plays the way he's capable of playing because like you said, Jeff, he can he's he's a game changer for the Browns and he could he's he's probably the guy who's who's most uh, capable of of turning the defense around single handedly. Yeah, um, I, I would put it that way. So. We're way way past our time here, guys. <laughs> but we were having fun, so I figured what we were. Yeah, that's great so, stuff. Uh, so let's let's get some closing thoughts and and get on out of here. So so Bill, we appreciate uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. It's always great talking to you. Um, any closing thoughts tonight? Um, no, just everybody out there, just keep faith in this in this club. You know, I I think I think. Um, there's still a lot of people who are frustrated and angry at this club. Um, and, and I understand, I, I, I mm. definitely get it. Um, not just from the, per- the performance on the field, but um, also, um, and, you know, what happened in March, I get it. Um, but the other thing that I would like to say is, you know, we put our heart and soul into this team and yet here we have another baseball team in town who somehow just seems to take rookies and are able to incorporate them and we don't give them nearly as much love as we do this team i mean that i know we're all born and raised these browns fans and everything else but i tell you right now um i would love it if we can have the browns the guardians and the cavaliers all be successful at the same time because that would be just awesome that would be amazing to have all three of those professional teams continually be at a playoff caliper level. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, closing thoughts tonight. Uh, I think that's coming, Bill. Um, I'm just going to throw this out. Uh, The Browns have scored through the first five games, 133 points and given up 125. Uh, We've talked about how close games are throughout the NFL. Um, but at this point, you know, we're scoring 26.6 points a game and we're giving up 25. Um, mm-hmm. the offense is obviously way ahead of where we thought they would be. Yeah. Um, the defense is behind where we thought they would be. Would you feel better about this organization if both sides of the ball were playing to our expectation level and we were losing 13 to 12? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. I like the offense point, the way Jeff. it is. I like the offense the way it is. Um, well, and you know what? The yeah. offense is there. The defense can get better. It can. It can. It, this is a talented team. Uh, people might not believe that right now in some cases, but this is a talented team. Uh, it, it can get better. Excellent <laughs> points, guys. Um, we're going to close things out. Uh, this has been the Browns Blitz. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.